Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. So what exactly do you want? I mean, we'll try to make it better, but you got to at least tell us, what do you want? That's the thing. I don't know. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So stick with me as we get into figuring out who are you supposed to be? I'll see you on the flip. There was a recent article that came out in the Huffington Post where they did a urine review and interviewed some of their contributing therapists who uh, write for them. And they asked them questions like, what were the top topics that people came to you to discuss in their therapy sessions? And I'm going to make sure that I post a link to the article in the show notes, but I was really intrigued with what people were saying, because guess what? It was all in line with what we've talked about this entire, well, not entire, this year. Um, Today is episode number 233. And so we've been talking every day for 233 days. And I'm just so honored, blessed, and a little bit shocked that I'm able to come to you every day. And as long as I can do it, we're going to continue to keep going. And it's also a bit of um, a little, yes, you're on the right track. And that you're actually scratching where people are itching. And so there was that. But there was, I'm saying this to say that I, I thoroughly enjoyed the article and it inspired me to do a podcast on it, kind of like bringing in a lot of the different topics that we've discussed here. And so my takeaway from all of the different things that the various therapists talked about was that we're having a conscious attack on identity and who we're supposed to be. And so let's get into it. So today I'm going to just kind of talk to you about these areas and where appropriate or where I can, I'll make sure that I serve you uh, some wisdom smacks to help you along the way. Okay. And so um, I'm going to take kind of like some of the areas that really stuck out for me in this article and we'll just go through them. I'm not going to try to rehash the article as much as I'm going to just try to talk with you um, just like we talk every day. And so one of the things that they uh, mentioned at the top of the article was that we have a global revolution happening and it is a, a global 
revolution in that we are now in the midst of cultural change. And I found this part really interesting as a woman of color who has always uh, prided myself on understanding more than my own culture simply for my survival. And so the fact that the world is having to do this is kind of like, I'm almost saying about time, (laughs) you know, because I've had to learn um, cultural things for my culture, as well as various subcultures and the mainstream cultures for so long, that is second nature that I have to think in various different ways that what I might think is such and and thus might not be the same for everyone. And so I have to observe, learn, ask, and go out there and figure out how different people look at different things. And this is what the therapist said in this article. They said that due to this uncertainty in their changing world, a lot of people are coming to them with anxiety and with um, shock and depression and a, a lot of different things. And they noted that a lot of it was attributed to the cultural revolutions demanding that people who were not used to considering that the way they thought about things was not the way everybody else thought about them, are having some issues. They um, brought up the idea of, of course, the things that you would think about, the mass shootings here in our, where I am in the United States, um, other violent trauma. But they also brought up something else um, that was interesting. They talked about a lot of politically induced anxiety, of having real fears of what it means uh, for their future based on how the cultural things swing to and fro uh, with regards to our political climate. And I found that really interesting, and that's why I'm mentioning it here, because Um, Even as I was reading it and nodding and was like, yep, I could definitely see that. I also, my heart went out to people because as I have been taught to do, I tried to put myself in, in other shoes. And I don't know how I would be faring right now if I had a new rules kind of thing that was thrust on me that all of a sudden, What is up is no longer up or even down. I don't even know what direction it's in. And what I thought was the way of my world has been totally uh, annihilated and and dissembled. And there are no instructions on how to put it back together. And so I, my empathy rose when I looked at this. And so I continued to read and then I made, I started making notes. I'm just going to be honest. I started making notes of how um, I could interact with this for myself first and then for how I could minister to myself and to people that I get an opportunity to talk to on a daily basis who are seeking um, solutions to things. And now the 
article did mention some of this, but I wanted to just bring a few more things out. And so they talked about this uncertainty of a changing world, and they talked a lot about the uh, global cultural changes because there really are no more borders. And just because you live in a country around on the other side of the globe does not mean that I am not connected to you and you are not connected to me. It means that we really do have to learn more about each other, whether people want to or not. And so there are also some other fears because of this global revolution and because there really are no boundaries. Uh, The therapists were talking about how they're now encountering people who have real fears of ending up on social media or becoming publicly scorned for things that they have done in the past. If you are in the States, you'll you'll notice that a lot of people have become um, virally scrutinized, ostracized, criticized, all of that for some of their behaviors. And a lot of people have talked about how they have real fear of public embarrassment or humiliation for doing things that maybe last year were okay to do. And now this year, they're not. And I was like, wow, that's that's really deep. And just as I thought, I was like, you know, that can lead to some real anxiety, traumas, and shocks. And so just like I was looking at it and... um thinking about that, I kept reading and the article went on to say that they have concluded across the board by the therapist that they've talked to that social anxiety is at an all-time high. Now, I talked the other day about performance anxiety, and it's just a little hop, skip, and a jump to, to take performance anxiety and to superimpose it on our environment and how we live and interact. And Toxic is not the word for what's going on with people. What we're coming to is a reevaluation of who we be, who we're supposed to be. And so with that, reading this article and then having personal um, data and experiences to, to, to look at as well, it is true that our self-worth or our sense of self-worth is taking a hit on all sides. You know, there is this huge expectation on people, whether you articulate it as such or not, it's still there. And this is the thing that people are re- having to realize and come to grips with, that we used to talk about work-life um, at balance, and now It's not even that. It's how do you fit everything else around what you work, what you do for a living? Because now we spend most of our time trying to work to ink out a living. And so self-care goes by the wayside. Relationships take a toll. And environmental impacts get worse. Such that 
People would love to be able to do more, volunteer, um, uh, give back to their societies, recycle, all these great things. Um, feed, feed the dogs and cats, save the whales and all of that. But how do you do that when you are possibly having to work a regular job and then either a second job or starting a side hustle so that you can be able to, and I'm not even talking about luxury, so that you can just be able to do what is minimally required in a society where there are no obvious struggles of lack, whether it be for your kids or for you. Okay, and so we are really in a um, a critical time of dealing with self worth because when you're always having to work, always having to strive, always having to think about that part, and you know that you need to have time to be able to relax, to exercise, to cook, you know, to feed yourself better, or even to make sure that you can spend time with your your special loved ones, your friends, your kids, your your parents. It takes a toll, you know? And not even just taking a toll, people are now getting to the point where they have no um they have no other choice it has gotten to the point where and this is being proved by what the other therapists are saying that work is taking an unfair share of our lives to survive and not only that it's not only that you work i mentioned this the other day in another podcast oh no you have to do nothing less than success in order to just keep your job because now a lot of jobs have instant gratification by way of the employers, by, uh, through rankings, rates, um, uh, ratings, and what, what they um, now call sentiment analysis, where if you call uh, someone and you say, would you please, you know, they usually say something like, please stay on the line at the end of your call to rate your experience. Or if you order something and you order your groceries to come, as soon as your door closes, your phone is dinging, rate your experience. How was the food? How how was the person bringing it? Were they on time? Were they friendly? And they ask all of these questions. And don't you, don't, don't, don't get it twisted. These people are well aware that if they don't figure out within seconds of interacting with you how to keep you happy, that could mean the difference between a job and no job. It's not even gradients anymore of doing average work. No, you got to be a success all the time because there's somebody waiting to do the job or Automation is waiting. Now, this is not doom and gloom. This is just simply where we are in these times. And tough times don't last, thank thank goodness. It's just that we're moving into a transitional period where we got to get our footing and we, we've got to find our bearings again because things are not as they were. And there's nothing wrong with that. All right. And so let's get more into some of the social aspects of uh, how this is hitting people on what the therapist said that people come and talk to them about. And they talked about a lot of this social side. It's the funniest thing. We're working more than we ever have. But while we're at work, there's a whole bunch of social interaction going on online 
on your phone, on your desktop, when you're at work, all during the day. There is a lot of documentation of your world, whether you're snapping pictures when you go to lunch or when you drive in, uh, when you um, are, are commuting from uh, home or you see something weird at the gym or whatever. And so now we're having more and more data. Uh, to be able to consume online while we're doing other stuff. And so uh, comparing yourself to where you think you're supposed to be based on what you're seeing others do online on social media is starting to take its toll. And yes, we talked about um, comparisons and competitions in another in other podcast on this show. I told you we've been right on it. Wisdom has really been setting us up to be, you know, able to handle a lot of this stuff. And so we've we've talked about that. We've talked about how to get out of the um, habit of thinking that apples are and oranges are the same when it comes to you and others. You cannot look at people who are maybe demographically alike, you know, same age, live in the same area and that kind of stuff. You can't look at what someone else is doing and think that that's where you're supposed to be. Because the thing about social media, and you already know this, but I'm going to say it anyway, is that with social media and you and you comparing you're usually comparing their best to your your daily or your worst. And you can't do that because that's an apple, orange, you know, they just don't equate. And it also triggers something. Now, it used to be when it first, when they first started talking about it in the 1980s, and yes, we've done a podcast on this one too about imposter syndrome, that This idea of imposter syndrome was first noticed when women started going into the workforce in droves, not in the 40s, but it took them a few years for it to percolate. And this is after women moved out of the typing pools and out of uh, the factory floors and started making their way up the shallow ladders of corporate America. And they started recording um, imposter syndrome. And it's imposter syndrome is that fear of being found out that you don't belong here, that you're a fraud and that somebody is going to uh, find out. Now, yesterday we talked a little bit um, about what drives us. And when it comes down to it, most of the things that we engage in and that we do, we do it because we are in the process of negotiating pain. And imposter syndrome is no different. Imposter syndrome, if you boil it down, we are trying to navigate or delay a possible pain of being exposed. And these imposter syndrome um, acts have now started to become pervasive. It's not just women uh, from a certain demographic anymore that's reporting it. They're seeing it across the board. Men, women, you, you name it. And they're attributing this to comparing yourself to what other people are posting online. And so with this imposter syndrome that's been blossoming and blooming in, in, in major ways, they're saying that We are getting to the point where we question our own skills based on what we see others doing. You know, we judge others um, 
to be more real at what they're doing instead of ourselves. And just think about when you go on LinkedIn and um, you have all those connections and maybe you you see people that you went to high school with and they are uh, putting up what, what they're accomplishing, what their job titles are and all of these types of things. And maybe you don't have as many. Maybe your life looks lackluster based on um, what you know of your life, but, but that's the whole thing. With this, we don't seem to understand that we're not getting the full um, the full deal. We're getting the highlight reels of what people are doing. And so it becomes where there are feelings of inadequacy that we have to deal with, uh, where we are always comparing and contrasting our true value based on a photoshopped uh, perfection. You know, and that brings me to perfectionism. And um, what used to be uh, what used to be something that we could contain, like, oh, that's my perfectionism, and where we became aware of it, it's now where, as I've stated before, in our life, most of the time we are consumed with our work, and it's getting to the point where you either succeed or you have no job, it's getting to the point now where because you see all of these people doing all of these great things, there's so many lists. The top 30 of 30, 30 before 30, the top 40 of 40, and all of these different things, and the the numbers, the badges, the medals, the the uh, certifications, all of it is, is just feeding this uh, need for us to be, quote unquote, perfect. And a lot of us come from having been on top or used to being in on the winning team. And when you're used to being on top and you see yourself as not measuring up to what you see others doing online, you know, possibly you're this high functioning kind of person. You find that you're pushing more and more just to keep up uh, and to hopefully get back on top. And thus, the therapists are saying that it's not working and people are setting themselves up for some serious issues. We did a, a podcast the other day on burnout, and I'm going to say that that has been one of the most popular ones um, of recent that I've done with regards to, you know, listens, you know, as soon as it came out. And nobody, you're, you're not wrong. They they definitely are starting to ta- talk about how many people are coming to them uh, for burnout. And they're talking about how they have this immense anxiety of just even trying to meet the expectations of, of just work. Um, December, uh, uh, Secret Santa. I mentioned this on another podcast and they tried to blame it on the millennials and it's not just the millennials, it's anybody. But now because of this perfectionistic environment, a lot of people are starting to have anxiety about everything. I mean, seriously, have you ever had to deal with an email chain and try to read the the text, the subtext, the innuendo, the setups? Is someone trying to get you? Is someone trying to set you up to fail? I mean, what do you write when you have been blind copied on stuff? How do you make sure that 
You cover your tracks. Who knows that you know this? Or why was this sent to you? Why were you included on this email chain? And it goes on and on. And that's just with email. Oh, yeah. And so get this. We have it now where this this anxiety, this burnout anxiety is invading not only our work, but our work life, our social work life. And so there have been some companies that have had to stop doing things like Secret Santa because it was causing too many people additional anxiety of trying to figure out the best gift to get someone so that it wouldn't get them in trouble and cause any uh, unnecessary backlash uh, for what they got someone or what they didn't get someone or how it could be perceived, would it be appropriate and all of this. And I I totally get it. And, you know, you can't blame a, a, a particular generation uh, for anything. It's just that we are coming to a head where this has been going on for so long that people are tired and they, they can't take it anymore. And so it's not about people being weak. It's about people having to try to operate under the heavy compounding weight of years and years of mounting to this point where we're at a tipping point. We're at the boiling point of what's going to happen if we don't watch it. And so that's why we're even having this conversation today. So then I want to talk about another one that um, you, when I, when I mention it, you'll, you'll already know, <laughs> but therapists talked about how many people came and talked with them about dating and relationships. Now that we have the online dating influence and they made a note that I was not aware of. And so I wanted to make sure I mentioned it to you guys before I let you go. And that That is that in a time now where uh, we have no boundaries and all of the apps available where you can date someone across the world and have as um, robust of a relationship as someone who lives down the street, it is becoming to the it's coming to the point where we have um, too many choices. And I've mentioned this in other podcasts, the the paradox of uh, choice means that when you have too many choices of uh, what you uh, can choose from, you start to become less satisfied with your choices and your decisions because you're always wondering, did I get the best? Did I get the right one? Because there's so many choices. And so what that is doing is it's leading up to very bad behaviors. And they, the, the therapists, I think the way they uh, relay this is so important because, yes, we have covered this stuff as well in some of our podcasts um, that we recently did. But it's getting to the point where now you have to be a good marketer of your own relationship. You don't, you don't need to just be a marketer for your business or for your products. You got to be a good marketer of who you are uh, to have any kind of relationship status to make people believe I'm the one. This is it. You, you've done a great thing. You know, um, because with this over, and they call it over choice, over choice, and they call it the curse. And because people have all of these different options, the bad behaviors that have come have included love bombing and ghosting. And I've talked about those and they're very rampant right now. And with the love bombing and ghosting, 
which are in the same family, what they do is they lead to feelings of rejection and disappointment in people, even when they know that they did nothing to warrant those rude actions. It still hurts. You know, it's still the unfinished business. It's still the energy going out to the what ifs and what did I do? It even invades people's dream life where they they loop these dreams over and over again, trying to get some type of closure. And because of this, it is causing additional anxiety repression of emotions leading to depression, panic, and other debilitating psychological issues. And not only that, we also, um, not we, (laughs) the um, therapists that were interviewed had a lot to say about people coming to talk to them about decreased sexual desire, arousal, arousal, and orgasm. And they talked about how there is this uh, performance expectation because now any and every person, um, if they have a computer hookup, they can go and get uh, access to very, you know, visual um, representations of what people are doing and what's in style now. And they're just not sure that (laughs) they're uh, able to keep up. And so that goes about goes back to a little bit about what we talked about with performance anxiety the other day. And so you've got that. And then this one. It is becoming harder and harder to keep and establish or establish and keep boundaries with your friends, your family, and your relationships because everybody expects you to tell everybody your business. Uh Think about when you have a relationship with someone on social media. What happens when you're not immediately liking all of the things they post? Say, for instance, there's someone, they're prolific with their posting and they post across platforms easily 20 things a day. What happens when you're not immediately being able to like it or you don't want to like all of it? Uh, what happens when you become Instagram official? You know, do you want to become Instagram official? Do you want people to know? Or what happens when, for instance, you post something, they don't like it, and then they post something on their feed and people run over to see what they posted for the day. And then not that you and your significant other have said anything about this, But it becomes a thing with other people reading stuff into it like, oh, he didn't like what you posted. Didn't you see what he posted? That wasn't cool. Oh, and and it might have nothing to do with it. But now, not only do we have the online dating, but we have no boundaries. People are all in the business and they're giving their commentary. And so it's making it extremely hard for people to even find peace and solace in the one area that we used to almost be able to depend on being able to have a refuge in the company of our loved ones and our romantic partners. And so, yes, Who are you supposed to be in a time like this? It makes it really hard. But what I want to say in our last few seconds is that your self-worth is everything. And it is what you are, if you focus on identifying and and holding true to who you are at that time, 
you're going to be all right. So guess what? Yes, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and uh, send send me information. And I'll see And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.